Oh, isn't technology great? Uh, <laughs> except in a situation like that. Um, wouldn't it be great if we could all just predict our future? Uh, and we could be able to know what's going to happen in two years, what's going to happen in five years, and we could tell you where we're going to be, what we're going to be doing, and everything could just be perfect. Um, I remember, I don't know if some of you, trying to predict your future when you were in middle school. Um, does anyone remember those little fortune tellers where you would ask them questions? Um, I would do that all the time. And my other favorite game of telling my future is, does anyone remember MASH? Yeah, and you would figure out if you were going to live in a mansion or an apartment or in a shack or a house, and you were going to figure out what your dream job was going to be. Um, I would do it over and over until I finally got to be with my middle school crush um, because I was like, I can predict my future. I'm going to make this happen. Um, there are so many different ways that we try to predict our future. Uh, we go to different um, psychics, or we try to do research on all the different ways and the signs around us um, to try to be like, oh man, I saw a shooting star. What does that mean? Um, isn't that funny though? Um, because we actually have predicted our future, and the way I know that some of you have predicted your future is you've said the statement uh, before, or maybe you said it in your head if you didn't say it out loud, is, I should have seen this coming. Uh, who said that before? I should have seen this coming. So that's how I know some of you can predict at least a portion of your future. Um, if you haven't said this statement, maybe you've said the statement to someone else, you should have seen this coming. Uh, it's a lot easier to see things in others than it is sometimes in ourselves. And we often do say this, especially to those we care about. Uh, we watch them rack up credit card debt, and then when they're in over their head, we say, well, maybe you should have seen this coming. Uh, or when he breaks up with you and you're completely shocked and the rest of your family is like, well, he's been breaking up with you for the last three months. You should have seen this coming. Um, I recommend that you don't say this to your spouse. Let someone else say it to your spouse. Uh, it doesn't go well when you say that to someone that um, might be your significant other. But we can all predict our future uh, in some capacity, and we know that by these two statements. So... As we dive into this series, we're going to look at how we can predict our future in better ways than in the situation of that gotcha moment of, oh crud, I should have seen this coming. Because you can put the future in your hands and you can change the trajectory of your path and end up where you want to be versus in a situation where you're like, oh darn, uh, and it comes from left field. So I have um, some good news and some bad news for you today. Uh, if you're watching online or you're here in person, don't tune out. Uh, I'm going to talk through and explain my bad news, so don't just see my bad news and be like, oh no, or shut your computer down if you're watching online. The bad news today is that most of your personal problems can't be fixed. Maybe some of you already know this, maybe you've experienced this, but most of our personal problems, not all, but most of our personal problems can't be fixed. You can fix a car, you can fix an oven, you can fix a lawnmower, lawnmower. you can fix a cat, that's a different kind of fix. Uh, you can fix a computer, but you can't fix your personal problems. You can avoid them, 
you can overcome them, you can leverage them to learn from those lessons or leverage them to teach your children not to make those same mistakes, but you can't fix them necessarily. I don't know if um, any of you know, but um, Taylor, uh, prior to going into ministry, um, had all of his education in IT and technology. And for the fun of it this week, I looked up his old resume uh, when he was applying for a job at Boeing. And I was looking through his resume, and I couldn't read half of the things that were on his resume. He has these crazy certifications of C++, Jamba, Komosusu, Scripps, um, A+, uh, Fedora. I don't even know what half of those things are. Maybe some of you know what they are if you're more techie. Uh, but one of the trades that he learned while he was um, in school is how to fix a computer. And you can fix a computer. Um, but what I've watched him do most times when he fixes people's computer is he goes and unplugs it, he counts to 10, and he plugs it back in. <laughs> so I'm not sure why he went to all of that work to get all of those certifications when you can just unplug it and plug it back in. But see, people are more complex than a computer. We can't just be rebooted. We can't just unplug our life and then plug it back in. We, we can't be an oven that can be fixed. We can't just be a car that once we get in a wreck, we go to the body shop, get a new paint job, get a couple new uh, pieces, and be fixed. Computers have memory, but people have memories. We're much more complex. God designed us to be connected. He designed us to have our past connect to our future. And, for ha and having us learn and grow from all of our past experiences so that we can connect and leverage those for a path forward, to make different decisions, to share life together with others and share our experiences. He doesn't want you to just reboot and pull the plug and say, well, I fixed myself, let me start over, let's try that again. No, God's way more complex than that. And it's part of our story of who we each are and the unique design of who God made us to be. So the good news in this, so the bad news is that most of our personal problems can't be fixed, but the good news is most problems can be avoided. Like I said, you can learn how to cope. Many people go and build a community or get um, professional help to work through those problems. Like I said, you can leverage them. You can pour in your past experiences and your personal problems to help those that are on the cusp of their own personal life story with dealing with those same problems. See, life has enough pain on its own. There's already so much unpredictable pain in this world that why create more pain for yourself by constantly revisiting those personal problems? No, we can create a better path forward. So this morning, we're going to talk about one simple principle. And this whole series is built around this principle. And it's called the principle of the path. And I'll tell you what that principle of the path is at the end. Oh, sorry. Um, I'll tell you what that is at the end of the message, but I want to first define a principle. 
Some of you are like, oh, this is basic stuff. I already know this. But sometimes it takes hearing it in a different way and looking at it at a different perspective for some of it to sink in. So the principle is something that follows you. It's not a rule that you follow. It's not something that you can choose to, yep, I'm going to do this principle. I'm not going to do this principle. It's something that follows you. It's sticky. It stays with you. It applies itself to you, even though you don't want it to sometimes, or even though it's something that you don't choose to have it apply itself to you. It's not a law you can break. It's not something that you can say, nope, I'm going to defy this principle. I'm going to make a different decision, and I'm going to make this be different than what this principle outcome is going to be. No, it follows you, regardless of whether you want it to or not. I want some of you to think back to your high school days. For some of you, it's not too far. For others, you have to go back a little bit further. Uh, And I'm going to show you a a picture of someone. And I'm going to see if you can recognize this picture. Does anyone know who this is? No guesses? No one remembers this from high school? No? Archimedes. Archimedes, in the third century BC, he defined one of our principles. And that principle is the principle of buoyancy. So anytime you deal with water, anytime you're on a cruise ship, anytime you're in a boat, anytime you throw something in the water, you interact with Archimedes. Did you guys know this? Yeah, the principle of buoyancy. And the principle of buoyancy says that when you put a pebble or a rock in the water, what happens to it? Sinks. But when a cruise ship goes out onto the water, what happens to the cruise ship? It floats. The principle of buoyancy. So this guy has an effect on your life because he defined what this principle was. Even though this had been happening for years and years and years, He defined it in the third century. It applies itself to your life. You have to follow this principle, whether you like it or not. It applies itself to you. And that's what we're going to talk about in this principle of this path, is it applies itself to you, whether you like it or not. And whether you choose to interact with it or not, this principle follows you. So I need to pre- uh, preface one other thing before I dive into um, our story today, and that we're looking at the principle of a path, not the principle of a solution. Thousands of people each week will call up a pastor, call up a counselor, they'll call up a therapist, and they'll say, I need a solution. They want to fix Can you fix her? Can you tell her to stop doing that? Can you fix him? Can you have him say these things differently? Can you have him get his to-do list done? Can you fix my parents? Can you fix my career? Can you fix my professional academic life? Can you fix whatever it is that you want fixed? And any smart counselor or pastor or psychiatrist will know there's not an immediate fix. There's not an immediate answer that can be in a click of your fingers and it all resolved. When you're driving in a car 
and you get lost and you can't find your way, you don't say, I need a, a, a solution. You don't say, hey, I'm in um, on 2nd Street and I need to get to your house. What's the solution? You say, I need directions. I need a different path. I need you to tell me how to get to here when I'm here. I don't need a solution. I need a path. See, the funny thing about this, this principle is that we get to where we should be the same way we get to where we shouldn't be. I'm going to say that one more time. We get to where we should be the same way we get to where we shouldn't be. And that's through a path. Now, the path can lead you to where you should be and where you shouldn't be, but both are taken by a path. And you choose that path. You have the option to choose which direction that you take. I think a lot of people don't like to acknowledge this, when you look at your financial aspects, your marriage, your kids, you're looking for solutions. You're not looking for a different path to change those relationships, to change how you want to look at your career, to change how you want to have a better relationship with your spouse. You need a direction to, to change. See, most times you've been living in the wrong direction. You've been living in a path that is taking you to where you don't want to go. For a lot of people, uh, this can hit them pretty hard. They think they're living in the right direction. They think that, uh, this one thing that I'm doing isn't that bad until it hits them. Have any of you ever been lost? Uh, this is a really good analogy for this um, because... I think about the many times that I've been lost, um, and I know that for women it's more challenging um, to admit that we've been lost because we already get made fun of for being bad drivers, but I have been lost a few times, and um, I've had to stop and ask for directions. And the funny thing about each of those times that I got lost is I cannot tell you the point in which I was lost. I can't tell you that, yep, at that turn, I knew if I would go here, I didn't know where I was going, and that's when I was lost. Because if I knew the exact point that I got lost, I would back up to that point, go back 50 yards, go back 100 feet, whatever it was, go back to that, that four-way stop, and I would take the new path. But see, most times, I can't tell you when I got lost. I can't go back to that exact decision point and say, yep, this is when I was lost, and I need to do a different direction, I need to go a different path. See, there's been times in my life that I was living in the wrong direction, and maybe for some of you, you've had those moments, or maybe for some of you it's right now, and you're living in the wrong direction. You, you can kind of tell you're living in the wrong direction because things maybe aren't going all that well in all these different areas in our life. Or maybe there's a few different things that aren't going well and you're trying to figure out, where did I get off the path? Where did I get lost? And you can't back up. You can't go back in time and say, yep, it was when I made this decision to take this job. It was when I made this decision to start seeing this person. It was when I made this decision to spend this much money, most of us can't tell you that exact point. 
because it's something that takes time over time. And it's when you're on a path that you realize far long before the moment that you might have actually been lost that you are lost and you're living in the wrong direction. Uh, this can be deceiving as well. We, we see other people living in the wrong direction. Again, going back to that, that first point of we can see others living in the wrong direction. It's kind of like when you see two people walking down a sidewalk to the corner and they collide. But they act so happy. And it's like, man, they got it all together. I'm jealous because things are going well for them and all these different aspects. But a lot of times we don't see those gotcha moments. We don't see those moments behind the doors where there's brokenness and sadness and sorrow. So don't be deceived just by the perception of someone else's path because it may not be what it's all cracked up to be and they may not have it all together like you might think. I know this is going to be obvious, but what has to happen is we have to change direction for things to change. You have to go a different path. You have to do something different if we want to predict our future and want a better future. You have to change directions. And you can't just say, yep, uh, I have intentions to change my direction. I have intentions to stop spending money. I have intentions to start dating better people so I don't end up in the same situation. You have to actually put some skin in the game and change directions. And the funny thing is, is Jesus actually talks about this. And he talks about this in a parable. And even if you're not sure about Jesus or you're not sure about um, being in a relationship, I think this is why Jesus is he's so wise. And we should look at what he says in some of his key, key parables and his sermons. Because even if you're kind of like, uh, I'm not sure about this guy, I'm not sure about this whole relationship with Jesus, he says a lot of really wise stuff. And in this parable, it's um, the Sermon on the Mount. I'm having lots of kind of technology issues. Um, this is the Sermon on the Mount, and it's the uh, Gospel of Matthew. And so if you brought your Bible with you today, you can open uh, to the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to look at this Sermon on the Mount. And this is one of um, Jesus' accounts. And it's accounted for in a couple other Gospels. Um, but we're going to look at Matthew. And Matthew is an apostle, and he was a, a scribe or had scribes available to him so he could write down this account. And this parable really shows the essence of the principle of the path. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. So we're going to pause right there because this is really, really what's important. We can't just hear Jesus' words. We have to put them into practice. We have to apply what he says to our lives. For some of you, the closest thing that uh, you have as far as putting things into practice is um, coming to church every Sunday. And that's your encounter with putting your faith into practice. You come to church every Sunday or every other Sunday. You listen to Taylor preach, and he beats you up. He makes you feel guilty, maybe. And then you go on through your week. You come back. You come to church. You feel guilty. And it's that cycle of 
this weird interaction of the closer I feel to God is when I feel the most bad about myself. And that's not what God wants for our lives. He wants a loving relationship with you. He doesn't want to make you feel guilty. He doesn't want your religious experience to be this exchange and this interaction on a weekly basis. He wants his words to not just be an intention of your heart, but to be lived out through each of your lives. So as we go on and look at the next aspect of what Matthew says, he says, it puts them into practice. You will experience immediate relief, relationally, financially, along with all of the other elites. Is that what Jesus says? No. That's not what he says. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice will discover the fix to all of their problems. Is that what Jesus says? No, because Jesus knows how the world works. He knows that we're all connected. He knows that you're not like a computer that can be unplugged and plugged back in. You can't just fix something. No, this is what the author of Matthew says. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. I know for some of you who know this story, you might be jumping ahead and be like, yep, I know this parable. But let's just pause here for a second. Because a wise person isn't a smart person. While they may be smart, they aren't necessarily a successful person, even though they may be successful. They may be a resource person, even though they don't have to be wise. No, a wise person is someone different. Because they look at it and they realize that life's connected. They realize that now is not now, and later is not later, but now is connected to later. And there's connection into what I do now and what will happen in the future by my decisions today. They understand that the direction that they're on is going to determine their destination. That the path and the choices that they make each and every day is going to affect tomorrow, it's going to affect five years from now, it's going to affect ten years from now. They understand they're not a car, they're not a computer. They're much more complex. The author of Matthew then goes on and says this, they put into practice and they're like a wise man who built. And I want to pause here because this is something that's really, really important and it goes back to not just fixing something, but they built. This word built means that it took time. There wasn't going to be instant gratification of just changing directions and, oh, everything's fixed now. It takes time. It's a process. It's like going by a job site every day and it looks like nothing's happening, but so much is happening. And it's going to take time to change that direction. The author of Matthew then says this, it's like a wise man who built his house. And here a house represents anything that's important to you, anything that matters, whether it be your pastimes, your hobbies, your relationships, your career, your studies. It takes time, and you're going to have to invest in each of those aspects. It's things that are important to us that we have to take a really 
deep, deep dive and say, wow, what am I doing in my life? What am I investing in? How am I spending my time to make the things that are important to me matter and last? For those of you who know the next section of this parable, it says this, it's like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And for some of us, that doesn't really make sense because we've never really built a house, we're not in construction. But for Jesus' audience, they understood this. Building a house on the rock was the expensive way. It was the time-consuming way. It was the way in which you had to invest hours and hours and pour hours of labor into it. The second character in this story is someone who is the opposite of this wise man. The author of Matthew says this. It says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. And again, I think we've all been in situations where we've made foolish decisions or we've watched other people make foolish decisions. But they really disconnect now and later. They really say, yep, this decision has no effect down the road. I can reboot. Now is now, and I'm going to live in the present. I'm going to live this one life I have to the fullest. I don't care what happens tomorrow. I don't care what happens down the road. They think that you can go and restart. You can give up your marriage. You can give up a relationship with your parents. They, you can sacrifice relationships with your kids. You can put your family in a financially tough position. Because they think that you are like a computer. You can just restart. You can go, go find someone new. You can go start a new life. There's even those that go to the extreme and say, yep, I'm going to go out west and I'm going to find myself. And they, they escape everything around them. They change their name, they bleach their hair, they run away from a relationship, they quit their job, they sell their house. Because they don't realize that life is connected and that they can change a direction, they can't just restart. See, the problem with going and finding yourself, going out west or going to get a Harley or going to get a sports car, is you are the problem. Yourself is the problem. So trying to go find yourself isn't going to fix anything unless you change a direction in your life. You change a path that you're on. And in the second character, he doesn't build his house on a rock. He builds his house on the sand. He does something different. And the sand, again, for Jesus' audience, they understood that. It was the quick way, the fast way. It was the fix. It was the quick solution. So you didn't have to put in the time or the work. For those of you who maybe grew up in church, uh, you might remember this parable by a song, and you know how the parable ends. Um, so I'm going to play this song and see if you know the words to the song. The wise man builds his house upon the rock, and the rains came tumbling down. You can sing it if you want, 
No? No? Some of you? Um, That's what happened. The rains came down and the floods came up. See, the foolish man made an assumption, a poor assumption. He thought today's weather is going to be tomorrow's weather. What I do today is not going to affect tomorrow. But today's weather is rarely tomorrow's weather. Something can change like that. And it can change the trajectory of your life. It can change the path that you're on. And that's what it says in Matthew. It says, The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and it beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And guess what that foolish man must do now? He's going to have to do what he should have done at the beginning. He's going to have to rebuild. He's going to have to realign his path and reinvest in what he should have invested in at the beginning. He's going to have to take the time. He's going to have to take the expensive way, or he's going to have to spend more time in those relationships. He's going to have to change directions. He's going to have to communicate different with people because he's going to have to rebuild from the ground up. As Jesus was uh, finishing this parable, we see this. We see, he says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. And I think at this point, the audience was probably like, wow, finally. You know, he gets it. There's some teeth to this. He's teaching differently than other people. He's not telling us what we need to be doing. He's inviting us. He's inviting us to follow him. He's inviting us into a different path. And that was so different than what they had experienced. Because he was inviting them into something more than just a path, but a purpose and a path with great meaning. And he wanted each of them to end up somewhere intentionally not end up somewhere broken or hurt. See, the principle of the path has a funny thing. Because the path is your choice. That path is your choice. Now, the principle of the path itself applies itself because you make a choice on what path you're going to go down and there's outside factors that come into play of what's, what's going to happen and all these things you can't predict, but you can choose every single day what choice you make. See, you only have, you have one life. And when you choose what path you're going to go, you're choosing what you want to invest in. You're in choosing who you care about to be around you. There's so many people, and we've all seen it, where we said, yep, you should have seen that coming, where they, they gave up whole seasons of their life because they were on the wrong path. They gave up maybe a marriage. They gave up their 20s. They maybe gave up their 30s. And I think that really breaks God's heart. I know it breaks my heart, not because they are or are not a Christian, but it breaks my heart because they're a human being. 
with one life. And they can't wish their way, they can't talk their way, they can't pray their way back to those seasons of life that they gave up because of a choice they made and a path that they were on going in a direction that they shouldn't have been going on. Because direction really does determine your destination. It determines where you're going to end up. And we have to pay attention to that. You have to pay attention to the little decisions that you make that change those directions. See, Jesus invites us in this parable to build our life on a rock to build our life on something that will last and to realign our path in a way that is a reflection of him and his love. And that's the principle of the path. And you have a decision every day to where you're going to end up. So you don't have to waste those seasons of your life or those relationships or the areas that you only get one shot. One shot to raise your kids. One shot at a relationship. Sometimes one shot in a career path that you're on. As a church, we have the same opportunity. We have the same opportunity to realign our direction because that's going to determine where we end up as a church. Some of you may have uh, experienced a church where you can see the, the direction they're headed. You can see, um, you know, what's down the path for them. And I want you to take a moment here and look around. How many empty chairs are there? There's chairs in front of you. There's empty chairs behind you. There's empty chairs next to you. Because guess what is happening? There's so much more on Sunday morning. There's different decisions. There's people who have busy lives, we have sports events, we have um, family events. And that's great. So if we're going to lay a path forward for us as a church, we can't keep expecting people to show up at one time on Sunday morning. We can't keep hoping that every single one of these chairs, now I do hope that, but I can't put all of my weight into hoping that each of these chairs are filled. We have to create a different path forward, a different direction. Because to connect with people, we have to connect on their turf. We have to get to where people are. And part of what we're doing that, by doing that, is going online. So if you would just take a moment and everyone turn around, look back. There's a camera up on the basketball hoop. There's additional cameras. There's additional computers. You might have noticed additional technology in the hallway. But for us as a church, we see that our path forward and to create a path in which we want to invite more people to experience God's love is we have to meet people where they're at. We have to create an online platform for people to connect when it works for them. So if they're working on Sunday morning, they can connect online with a team and a staff at 5 o'clock. They can connect in the middle of the night. They can connect during the week. But we can't keep doing the same thing as a church and hope that the future generations are going to connect with us by showing up at one time each week on Sunday morning. And we have to change direction. Because we can miss a whole season 
a whole community that's right here if we keep going down the same path that we've always been going down, expecting everyone else to conform to our path that we think is the right path. And you have the same opportunity. You have the same opportunity to change your direction. And God invites you into that, to change a direction and say, yep, I want to start investing more in my kids. I want to start investing more in my relationships because I want my future to look different. And it's going to take time. But we're all going to end up somewhere. And I think God wants us to end up somewhere with a purpose, with a meaning, and not miss those years of our life or not miss those seasons of our life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you give us to be in relationship with you. We thank you for the path that you have put us on, the people in our lives, the individuals that surround us. We thank you for our workplace. We thank you for the opportunity that we have every single day to make decisions. You are a God who has given us free will to choose each day to say, yep, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this. God, I thank you that we're much more complex and that we just can't be rebooted. I thank you that all of our past experiences, I thank you for my past experiences that have brought me here where I am today. I'm so grateful that my past has, has been connected to where I am today. And I pray for each one of us here. I pray for the path that we're on, that you can help us see the decisions that we need to make, the choices that we have each day, I pray that you will send people in our path to help guide us and realign our path with where it needs to be. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have as a church to change directions and to realign our path as a church to meet people who can't be here physically that one hour a week we can connect with them on a whole different level. I thank you for that opportunity to invest in the next generation in a unique way and meet people where they are, wherever they are each week. And Heavenly Father, I pray for those who maybe have lost seasons of their life, who have lost relationships they didn't want to lose, lost time with their kids they didn't want to lose or they lost years of their life I pray that you will bring them healing and bring them a sense of peace knowing that you now have a purpose and you've had a purpose for them and you want to realign their life with the purpose that you have for them because you've made them so unique and you've made them in your image 
if they would just create space for you to come in and invite you in that you can realign their path. Heavenly Father, I pray as we go throughout our week this week that you can help us with each one of those little decisions, big decisions, that you can be with us in each one of those those moments. And God, I thank you for the love and the grace that you give us in each of our journeys. In your name we pray, amen.